Hello. This is Fran Oseo Asari from Beitumi, the African Culinary Network. And today we're delighted to have a chance to have a conversation with Duke Nudanu, the co-owner of Tropical Paradise Restaurant, a Ghanaian Afro-Caribbean restaurant in Berkeley. And he's agreed to just talk with us in general about his experiences running the restaurant here in the Bay Area. I have some questions I'm going to ask him. Thank you so much for being willing to stop and talk with us. We are actually at his restaurant. One of the things I'd like to ask you to begin with is just to give me a sense, well, to give us a sense of your, your background and how you came to open a Ghanaian restaurant. You know, what, what led you to, to do this? Well, um, cooking generally has been my hobby. I have hosted many private parties of my home and almost every race or group of people have come to my home and eaten there and they kind of always kept saying oh this is good this could be good for you to market and stuff like that so I started a food concession business going to fairs and festivals most music festivals in Northern California nine years ago and Along the line, we've met so many people from the Bay Area who've been asking, where can we get this when we go back home? And so I got into looking for a place, found a place, and turned out to be in Berkeley. I thought this is a perfect city to have a restaurant. Okay, so you are, excuse me, you are originally from Ghana. Is I'm that originally from How Ghana. How did you get to the U.S.? I was uh, born in Accra. I went to... Legon Primary School, went to St. Augustus College in Cape Coast. I did my bachelor's degree in management, worked at a craft brewery, and migrated to the U.S. to pursue my MBA, which I completed at Cal State in Hayward. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, so That's you have a background in business as well as an interest in food yes. and management yes, and stuff. Yes, yes, okay. yes. And I think you actually started the, re the restaurant with your wife, is yes, that I correct? Yes, I her, did. We still, we still own it together. And she has a background in a culinary background? or She, she just, doesn't. She okay. doesn't have a culinary background. She's a great cook. Okay. She does cook great food too. That's the best background. <laughs> and um, she's a great entrepreneur too. Okay. And she also went to schools in Ghana, went to the University of Ghana, and did her MPA at Cal State Hayward. Mm -hmm. So she also has some background, uh, educational background, both in Africa and here. Mm -hmm. and, and we decided to go into business together in a few, few ventures. That's great. I guess the next question that I had, I'm looking at this, was, um, could you describe for our listeners just your restaurant, the size of your restaurant, the, the clients, who comes to your restaurant, your hours, you know, just so that they can picture it? Okay. Our restaurant is a, a nice, small, cozy restaurant. It's about 1,000 square feet, and it seats approximately about 36 people. Mm -hmm. uh, we are open Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 in the afternoons, Monday through Thursday from uh, 6 to 10 in the evening. We open Fridays from 6 to 11, and we open Saturdays from 5 to 11 p.m. Okay. 
And how, how large is your staff? Uh, we have a staff on hand uh, most of the time, two people. Mm -hmm. I'll say including me, that would be three, but <laughs> most of the time you should meet two people here. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's just uh, nine, manageable enough for the restaurant this size and considering the amount of business that we do, we came to um, we came to that you know about staffing, yeah. yeah. Right, and we do adjust as you know as uh, depending on some weekends we do have uh, uh, one or two extra hands right. you know helping. Right. I noticed tonight there was a party uh, that came in a large party so you probably have do you do catering or at we all? We do a lot of catering. We do large groups catering for large groups. We do the presentation, a holding, serving of food, anything from you know 50 people to a thousand people. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we like to do. Great. Besides the fact that that's a good money maker, <laughs> one sure. of the things that we like to do. Sure. Actually, I think that's fairly common as I travel around the U.S. and I see African restaurants that very frequently are called upon to do catering for private parties as well as the re regular restaurant that's business. That's correct. Um, do you have a liquor license here? Yeah, we have beer and wine license, mm -hmm. and uh, so that excludes the sale of alcoholic uh, spirits. Okay. But we do sell wine wines and, and beer. an assortment of beer. Okay. Beers. That's great. You know, one of the things that's kind of interesting is that I have written about African food, mm -hmm. and um, I have a website, clearly. People come to me and ask me about opening African restaurants, and I, I think it's kind of funny because I don't have the background, and I, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is actually you have the experience, and I wonder if you could share with our listeners some of the um, challenges that you've had to face in running this business. Um, so we'll start, first of all, with some of the, the, the lessons you've learned or the challenges you've had to face in opening a business like this? Well, um, the biggest challenge, I'll say, is the financing. Mm -hmm. If it's an existing restaurant and everything is up to code, it may not be that expensive, depending on the size of the restaurant you, you, you're buying. But if it's an empty place that's never been used as a restaurant, then the cost can be astronomical. Uh, in our case, we got an existing restaurant that was almost run down, mm -hmm. and we exhausted our finances before we even opened. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenges would be getting enough financing to to promote the business. That is, getting the right advertising dollar. I think it's a business where you should have enough funds or the cash flows to advertise consistently mm -hmm. during the first three years. Mm -hmm. uh, another challenge would be the clientele. I may, I may be wrong in this, but a lot of our Africans who resident in the Bay Area would, would rather eat at home. <laughs> I hear that a so lot. So they rather eat at home than than spend a few extra bucks to eat in an African restaurant. Mm -hmm. For us, we got into this business mostly because of the other segment of 
our customers. Mm -hmm. There's people who've not eaten this kind of food before, who've not been introduced to it before, who've had the food in some of the events we've participated in or events we've catered. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to expose this kind of food to them, uh, not forgetting the profit, profit motive mm -hmm. opening such a business. Secondly is getting the staffing. One would think it would be easy to get chefs who would want to come in and do Ghanaian food. Mm -hmm. In our case, we've experimented with our own people, experimented with other uh, people of uh, color, I would say. But we now ended up, we have two Tibetans cooking Ghanaian food. And uh, can you believe this? But it is true. And I, Excuse me, I'm going to interrupt you for yes. a second. And I, I think that's a very interesting point because there is this perception that the only one who can cook authentic, mm -hmm. that, you know, ex-African right. Ghanaian, you know, food is someone from that place. Yes, and yes. it's my experience that that is not the case if a person is trained in um, the food. You're and I, absolutely right. I actually have standing beside me as Krantang uh, Fusuama, who is from Ghana and was the person who first introduced me to the restaurant. And I, uh, how do you feel about Tibetan oh, chefs? I, I like the light soup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not... It, it's, the kilowale is fine, you know, it's, same, it's fine, I can't, you know, you know. there's no difference, right. yeah. I, said, I think that's an important point, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, though. Yeah, and, uh, well, to tell you the truth, uh, most of the African-American clientele mm -hmm. that have come here have expressed, you know, some dismay that, <laughs> that oh, they came here and there are no Africans cooking here and that takes a lot away from the authenticity of the cuisine. Well, that, so that I'll leave that up to people to decide for mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I have quite some Ghanaian and African clientele mm -hmm. from Ivory Coast and Mali who come here and keep coming here and for whom I still stay open. <laughs> <laughs> because if not for them, I would say uh, we would have really decided to fold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What kind of, um, the, the issue of the financing is, what I was actually last night at the Senegalese restaurant in San Francisco. Right, and when I was chatting with the owner there, Marco, he said the same thing, that, that the financing and the costs were so important, and for him, he had a lot of family support. Um, did. People actually working in the restaurant, people supporting them financially through those, those that early part. Had, I also heard that he had some city, city. He had some community support as well. Support, he did. Yes. He did say that. He said that um, he did have community support as well. And and uh, I believe he has dancing there. I mean, I've noticed a lot of African restaurants have sort of a sideline, or they they bring in customers for other kinds of events. For music and dancing, exactly. and that, that helps a lot. With my place, there used to be karaoke. We still have karaoke, mm -hmm. music. But to tell you the truth, there's not much African music in the karaoke format. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can <laughs> play the music and sing to it, but if someone who's not familiar with the music, they can't sing it right, because right, you're not right. going to have any, uh, any uh, what do you call it, the lyrics right. showing up on the screen. 
And let me switch just to ask you about your menu. Um, how did you go? How did you come up with your menu? How many things to include? Um, how wide a range of you know dishes to include? Did, did that pretty much start out and stay the same, or did you experiment with it? Well, what we started out with stayed the same. Mm -hmm. We stayed. We've been doing five basic items at the events that we participate in. Mm -hmm. And so that formed the core. But then we decided to add some other African favorites. Mm -hmm. So we added stuff like the kinky mm -hmm. and the pepper fish, mm -hmm. okra, the peanut soup, the palm nut soup, the fufus. Uh oh, you're making me hungry. <laughs> We're having dinner the fufus. And basically, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's it. We decided to add some some few and we didn't want to make it too complex mm -hmm. and we had to look at the ingredients that we were going to work with mm -hmm. we had to keep some of the ingredients to what is available easily mm -hmm. we don't we we did not want to include ingredients that had to come from Ghana for example so for we use for fish, for example, we use the salmon. I shall and that. as you know, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't fish for salmon in uh, in Ghana. That is fairly common in African restaurants in the U.S. By the way, I have noticed that in Seattle. I've noticed it on the East Coast as well. People are substituting. There's a lot of tilapia mm -hmm. being served, mm -hmm. yes. but um, salmon is actually frequently part of the menu. I yes. think because it's a good substitute. It's a good substitute, and it's a high-end fish. Mm -hmm. And it it, 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 it it combines or works well with with a lot of the menu. It goes well with the soups and the sauces. And besides that, that's a good, a great fish. <laughs> right, right. Okay, that's that's great. Um, okay, another thing I, I was curious about some of the African restaurants that I where I've talked to the chefs and the owners, they've been asked to do cooking classes. Have you ever had anybody requesting? you do classes here on Ghanaian cooking? Well, uh, yes, but that's not materialized as, as yet. We, we've been talking with a group in Oakland which uh, is headed by Diane Green and she does a lot of stuff with the diaspora. Mm -hmm. She takes kids from the U.S. to Africa. Mm -hmm. She does the coming of age rights for kids locally here in Oakland mm -hmm. and as part of that program she has suggested that the next one which will be I think in September of next year incidentally we catered for some of the events that she mm -hmm. hosts here mm -hmm. and the next one next year she's asked for us to include some uh, cooking cooking lessons for the young ones. That's great. Okay, that's great. I actually do cooking classes myself and demos in K through 12 and oh, sometimes universities because they're, it's not part of culinary curriculum for the culinary schools mm -hmm. and they're just starting to put some Ethiopian stuff mm -hmm. in but West African or, mm -hmm. or other parts of, uh, well North Africa is kind of a separate yeah. case but yeah. uh, it's on its way. It's yes. on its way. That's great. So what are your, some of your greatest satisfactions looking back? How, how long exactly has your restaurant been open? The restaurant opened for let's say 23 months. Okay. That's a little short of two years. Okay. About two years okay. old. Okay. 
Well, opening day was certainly very interesting. Along the line, we've had groups of uh, people, the Beck Beckley the Repertoire Orchestra, where one of their directors retired. They had a great party here with singing and so on. We've had events here where birthday parties and other events, and that's certainly been interesting to see most of uh, to see repeat customers and the same faces come and keep coming. Mm -hmm. In spite of the fact that the restaurant is operating below below capacity, mm -hmm. keeps us going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we 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 using all kinds of ingenious methods to keep it afloat. Okay. Okay. I um that's that's very interesting. I I know you said up front that three years of funding, financing, to be able to generate enough publicity. Of course, African cuisine is a, probably the least well-known cuisine in this country. And West African, even though it may be better known than some other parts of Africa, is still pretty foreign to most Americans unless they've had some direct contact. Okay, so you're coming up to two years now. Have you gone for external funding? Do you have loans, or are you financing this within your own resources? How are well, I we finance this through our own resources and through the help of uh, family and friends. Mm -hmm. We have attempted in several cases to get financing from outside and it's not very easy for mm. some of us mm -hmm. especially it's when you go take SBA loans for mm -hmm. example mm -hmm. it's not like you have a, the brightest idea and mm -hmm. so the loans just come in right. you go through the process just like any screening the screening for any loan process mm -hmm. and they require for you to have you know substantial assets, uh, assets mm -hmm. and collateral and it's not easy for some of us who are first generation, <laughs> we don't have parents or uncles or, you know, grand grandparents who have had assets here and right. support our cause. Yeah, right. So it's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty, very difficult. We've had this business and we've grown them through our own, mm -hmm. okay. through yeah, our own efforts. And that's, that's hard. It's, it's just, I mean, it's draining. It's draining to to do it that way. Actually, I've heard this story. I, I have to confess, I've heard it over and over. Um, that's one of my concerns. And in fact, I have this, in this past year been having conversations literally around the country with people like yourself, people who have shops that sell Ghanaian food, people are caterers, uh, maybe teach cooking classes and things like that. And one of the things I really want to ask you about um, in closing is that people have talked to me about the need for a professional association for, for African culinary professionals, people who deal with some aspect of food as wholesalers, retailers, chefs, um, restaurants, food stores, caterers, food writers, so that there would be some body in the U.S. that can be nationally recognized and support the needs um, bring to attention mm -hmm. as, as a voice because right now, for example, I belong to the International Association of Culinary Professionals. Apart from some North Africans or possibly a few South Africans, there is no African 
there is no unified African recognizable body in that association. Though there are for other cuisines all over the world, but not for Africa. Would you think that that would be a useful organization to exist? Well, in the absence of us not having such a body and the fact that we've been going through a whole lot of difficulties trying to establish these eating places or restaurants or establishments that deal with African food or African cooking. I'd say that would be to get a voice, a unified voice that would represent the cooking in itself and host or speak on behalf of the cuisine generally. That would be a very good idea. And I would support it a hundred percent. That's basically what I keep hearing. People like you sometimes, uh, I'm not speaking for you, but feel very alone. Feel like there, isn't, there aren't other people who have gone through it, who can support them, who can share what worked for them, or, or else even speak with a voice to the larger society. You know, the, the African food industry, if you like, has no representation. So I, I'm hoping, actually, I will be speaking in Chicago next year at the International Association of Culinary Professionals, and so I will be speaking on Ghanaian cuisine, oh, I and I will be doing a tasting, and we will be having groundnut stew, and we will be having Garrett Photo. Wow. And I would hope, I'm hoping, my dream is that by that time next April, we can have talked to a number, you know, probably I have about 30 or so names of people I've talked to, mm -hmm. and I hope we can put something together that will speak to the needs for financing, you know, the needs for representation, the needs for suppliers, uh, working with suppliers and stuff. Okay. So, um, anyway, that's that's my dream. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you very much. Oh. It's so uh, nice to have you here again. Yes. And we wish you all the best in your endeavors. And for you guys out there, come and eat some Ghana food. Come and eat some fufu. Yeah. yeah. We are now a journey to get a fufu <laughs> and Ghana soup. And I've been gone. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, buddy.